0: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: Scott, are you ready? Oh, I'm over-caffeinated and ready to
0: laugh. I am. Oh, yeah. Not caffeinated and have a cold. Here it is. Oh, boy. We're the only animals with chins, and
1: no one knows why. <laughs> is that true? I didn't know that.
0: I didn't either. It's a good one.
1: That is a good one. Well, hold your heads up high, Bananimals. This is going to be a brand spanking new episode of Bananas Podcast.
0: Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas.
1: I am Kurt Brownoler. I am Banana Boy Number Two, Scotty Landis, and we're just so happy to have you on the silliest little podcast there ever was. We're just, we're just your goofy distraction from the world outside. Do you like my, uh, my svelte sick voice? Does it? I like it. I could tell you were a little stuffed up. Oh, but yeah. These
0: days, who isn't sick? I had this cold. Is in. Insane. I've had Relentless. it for four days. Okay. I've been testing for the for the, the, the thing the that cocoa. shall not be named. right? Uh, and it's negative every time. And this is just a cold, and it yeah. has knocked me on my ass. It is insane.
1: Do you think, I don't know anything about anything when it comes to medicine or science, but do you think it's because for the last two years, all of us have sort of not been getting sick the way we used to get sick? Yeah. I think that we've just
0: been inside and not exposed. And then when the thing comes, it's like, oh, we have no defenses against it. Yes. That's, and well, I hope you feel better soon. You thanks, know? buddy. I mean, like I'm I can it's a weird thing. I can be functional. Like I cleaned out my entire garage. I now no longer look like I'm I'm speaking to you from a storage container. And it's yes. very exciting.
1: I do like how it seems specifically like uh uh straight. Straight men, when they get sick, they turn into little boys and babies. Like they just instantly <laughs> fold into. I, I think, like, I have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of female friends who are just like, oh yeah, my husband or my boyfriend is the biggest wimp in the world when he's sick. All other times, total stud mo. I would love, I would love to, f- to just become a whimpering
0: little boy. But like, it, it hardcore came on over the I weekend, would love it. just like full on kids. Kids kids maintaining, kids keeping alive. and Olive and Gus are doing uh, swimming lessons, this crazy swim lesson Fantastic. thing. Fantastic. Where it's eight days in a row, uh, and then they just learned, like, it's the third day, today was the third day, and they, like, they both can swim, whereas yeah. before, like, they couldn't swim. It's insane. It's totally crazy, and it's well, amazing yeah. watching them like have confidence it is i'm learning so i'm learning more i've learned more in three half hour sessions with this dude in a pool about how to to teach kids things than i've learned in five years of olive's life and it is oh good. it's been amazing
1: we're gonna have to rep that person at some point you'll have to give that person a free like uh, endorsement on bananas for shout outs or whatever because that is a useful thing oh man I love that. Also, when I was one year old, I could swim underwater across the pool.
0: Whoa. What? Across the pool at one? What? I used to
1: jump off the diving board at two. Like I was a lunatic at the pool. Yeah, they used to call me Captain Underwater because I was so good at swimming instantly. I mean, I don't know why. I should have pursued Olympic swimming. Maryland is a great Olympic swimming state. But, uh... (laughs) I'm not a morning guy and I, they always have Michael Phelps and everybody else like up very early swimming in the pool. I I can think of something nothing I would enjoy less than getting up before the sun <laughs> comes up and jumping in a pool and just swimming and touching walls over and over. There's and over. all of these um
0: like Silicon Valley bros Who are like the there it's like a culture thing of like you have to get up at five AM every day to accomplish your dreams. And it's like I when I I was forced to get up at five AM every day for many, many years. Of course. It it does not help you (laughs) accomplish your dreams. (laughs) What it helps you is make you feel tired all day long.
1: That's it. Yes, it makes you cancel your plans after work. You're like, somebody's like, oh, do you mind if we push till 8 or 9? You're like, actually, I'm going to be asleep <laughs> on the sofa <laughs> at 9 o'clock. But thank you so much. Thank you. I had you. a funny thing the other night. I went to a Dodgers game with Mikey Lovano, Samat Matt Hobby and Ali Garcia, and we had a wonderful time. And I was walking home by myself. I acknowledge my privilege. And uh, I was crossing through Griffith Park, and there was a group of teenagers drinking. Yeah. Ooh. in the wild in the wild so many ways city teenagers drinking yeah give me a break and so i kind of like stand up a little straighter walk a little more solidly like you know don't mess with me type of walk but also when you and i were middle schoolers or teenagers it's like if an adult walks by you're gonna say something to impress the girls, to make the guys laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know I like I mean? the idea that you like stood up straighter, like like got yourself. You're just going like, oh man, I my penis is so big it hurts this leg.
1: <laughs> yeah, unbeatable. <laughs> um, I dare you to find something wrong with me. So cross them, and they're you know they're drinking behind literally a palm tree in the park, which I is so it. funny. They're it. in the shadows, SoCal Nobody's teenagers around. There's barely any lights where I was. Uh, I didn't feel threatened, like uh, physically threatened, because also I'm very fast, so I would have just run away <laughs> and outrun those teenagers and then used my adult man strength to get rid of them. Scotty but, Landis, uh impeccable swimmer, very fast runner. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's why I've never gotten beat up in my life. I will run away or swim away from you <laughs> in a heartbeat. In the fat your eye, I'm gone. So I get kind of past them, and they get kind of quiet the way teenagers do. Uh, you know like they're like oh there's somebody and they're like giggling and they're saying something and I walk by and then I hear this one go um, my whole life my childhood all I did all the time was watch cartoons with characters who had legs and shorts like that guy and then they all started laughing <laughs> <laughs> oh my-
0: He burned you in such a beautiful, specific way.
1: Didn't mind at all. Didn't hurt my feelings at all. I have, you know, looking like SpongeBob, looking like Steamboat Willie. Like, oh, it was so funny. So Short shorts, funny. long skinny legs, and yeah. they were just like, my whole childhood. <laughs> I was like, where's this going? Oh, I called, he said, I look God. like a cartoon from the waist down. It was such a long wind
0: up, too, and then he knocked it out of the park. I love loved that. him. I loved oh.
1: him. I was like, thank you,
0: sir. I'll take it. I don't know if, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but I once stayed at. I was doing shows. I was doing shows in Tennessee in Tennessee. And mm-hmm. I was on my way to Memphis and I had a day off. And so uh before I got to Memphis, I I just like was Googling like cool places to stay in Tennessee or whatever. And I found Loretta Lynn's Ranch.
1: Oh yeah, that is cool. I've seen that.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. And it was, I don't know, it was like a ranch she had, but the point of it is it's wooded, it's gorgeous, it's huge. The day I got there was the day after, like, I think a motorcycle rally had just been there. And I rented a cabin. I rented a cabin Mm -hmm. for like 85 bucks or something. And I had a full cabin to myself in the woods. And then down right where the house stood, where Loretta Lynn used to live, was this big, beautiful lake on and a waterfall, like a man-made waterfall that powered a mill. So it was an old mill, right? Yes. And, uh, and so I go swimming. And I can't, I wasn't stoned because I wasn't traveling with weed. But it was just that kind of thing where I was like, well, just me, uh, there's no one around. Sure. I'm going to go swimming and uh, I'm just swimming around. And you know when you're by yourself, it's like that thing of like, ah, this is fun. I'm enjoying the nature. But after about 15 minutes with no yeah. one to talk to, or, and you're just like enjoying nature, it's just kind of like, well, what am I doing? I just yeah. look what at things. What am I really doing? Yeah. yeah. So just looking at things. <laughs> and then a group of teenagers. Oh, boy. I think who must have been somehow involved with the pack-up of the, of the motorcycle rally come. The rally, right, sure. And they, uh, they get in... Oh, no, that's what it was. Sorry. It was they were all in the water when I arrived. So they're all in the water when I arrive. I come in. Mm -hmm. I get in the water. They then all get out. (laughs) Yes. And then I'm like, oh, well, they're going to leave. No problem. So I start swimming around. And after about 10 minutes, I notice they're all just on the shore just waiting for me to leave (laughs) and it was like this awkward awkward feeling of like oh man yeah i'm like the creepy old guy who just came and ruined their like teenager party yeah and then i was like sat there for like two more minutes and i was like oh this makes me feel i can't enjoy this one lick and then i got out and the moment i got
1: out they just got back in the water (laughs) yes they did but also, you probably saved a couple of them. Somebody was probably feeling a little insecure. Somebody probably <laughs> was getting cold. You probably gave them a little halftime, a little respite, a little pit stop. But, and you gave them something else to focus on and think yeah. about and talk about, like me looking like SpongeBob from the waist down, you just the weird German tourist <laughs> swimming in Loretta Lynn's pond. Hello.
0: This is a nice uh, waterfall. Uh, <laughs> And, okay, here it is. This is great. Okay. I'm a little out of it. This cold is really affecting me. Who cares? Me. It's cool. We're the only animals with chins, and no one knows why. Great. This is uh, sent in by Shannon on Instagram known Thank as you, Shannon. Mia Two Shakes. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Shannon. This is in the Atlantic, and That's surprisingly real. isn't massively too long, because every piece <laughs> of it is interesting. Um, this yes. is by Ed Young, who is the... Well,
1: the best. best. He's the best. Here it is. Okay.
0: Of course, we've got a creative opening
1: from... Oh, boy. Yeah,
0: that's... I just want the details, but here we go. Little pig, little pig, let me come in, says the big bad wolf. No, no, not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin, say the three little pigs. What is happening?
1: Ed, Relax.
0: (laughs) This scene is deeply unrealistic, and not just because of the pig's architectural competence, the wolf's implausible lung capacity, and everyone's ability to talk. The thing is, pigs don't have chins, nor do any animals except for us. Mm. The lower jaw of a chimpanzee or gorilla slopes backwards from the front teeth. So did the jaw of other hominids like Homo erectus. Even Neanderthal jaws ended in a flat vertical plane. Like Bob's Burgers. (laughs) Yes. Only in modern humans does the lower jaw end in a protruding strut of bone, a sticky out bit, a chin. Quote, it's really strange that only humans have chins, says James Pampush from Duke University. It's Uh, so weird. It is. When we're looking at things that are uniquely human, we can't look to big brains or bipedalism because our extinct relatives had those. But they didn't have chins. That makes this immediately relevant to everyone. I love that. Yes. <laughs> it makes <this> immediately
1: relevant. <laughs> I'll justify what I've dedicated my life to. Atlantic.
0: <laughs> Indeed. You know, like he has issues with his family. He comes home like you time. still studying
1: chins. Shut, Jimmy, up, bro.
0: <laughs> <Dr>. Indeed.
1: Science. <laughs>
0: Indeed, except in rare cases, everyone has chins. Sure, some people have less pronounced ones than others, perhaps because their lower jaws are small, blah 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 blah, but you'll see a chin. Yes. So, many why reasons. do why do chins exist? Here it is. Great question. There are no firm answers, which isn't for lack of effort. Evolutionary biologists have been proposing hypotheses for more than a century, and Pampush has recently re- reviewed all the major ideas together with David Daigling. We, we kept showing, for one reason or another, that these hypotheses are not very good. Uh, the oh. most heavily promoted explanation, that chins are adapt- adaptations for chewing. Mm-hmm. They help reduce the physical stresses acting upon a masticating jaw. But Pampush found that, if anything, the chin makes things worse. The yeah. lower jaw consists of two halves that are joined in the middle. When we chew, we compress the bone on the outer face of this, join near the lips, and pull on the bone on the inner face near the tongue. Okay. Since bone is much stronger when compressed than pulled, you'd ideally want to reinforce the in- reinforce the inner face of the joint and not the outer one. In other words, you'd want the opposite of a chin. Uh, others have suggested the chin is an adaptation for chin wags. It resists the forces we create when speaking. Uh, Weird, that's a weird one Yeah, after all, speech is certainly a feature that separates us from other living animals But there's no good evidence that the tongue exerts substantial enough force to warrant a thick chunk of reinforcing bone Quote, and any mammal that also communicates vocally or suckles or engages in complex feeding behaviors that involve the tongue Are probably experiencing similar stresses and strains
1: and they're not getting chins Okay, I'm literally picturing every animal I can imagine right now. Like my head is going through the rolodex of animals. (laughs) Uh, My brain is the Audubon Society. I'm like, doesn't an iguana have a chin? Like now I'm just
0: confused. (laughs) The only animal I think has a chin, and it's I think because of animation, where they add chins, are horses. Like, horses seem to have a
1: chin, but then yeah. when you
0: think about it, just like teeth and then just goes back,
1: skin. I've rubbed a horse's chin. I've given a little tickle on the nose. They love right. it. Horses, they love a little, little rub on the nose, a little tickle on the chin. They love it. Uh, so the, the next one, I'm going to start paraphrasing here. The next one
0: is maybe it's about sex, you know, like the chin is like the peacock's tail. Um, but Oh, interesting. He, he says, but if that's the case, we'd be the only mammal ever where both sexes have selected for the same sex ornament.
1: (laughs) I see. Uh, That's what you want a gal with a real strong chin. (laughs) That's what they always put on the top of your dating profile.
0: (laughs) Chin shape may be relevant to sex, but that doesn't explain chin presence.
1: Quote, Mm -hmm. they
0: must have been there for some other reason before we started looking at the shape of them. Uh, then there are other hypotheses that quote stretch the concept of natural selection, says Pam Push. Um Oh, there, there was one. There, there used to be one that was a century year old. That was chins were there to absorb a punch.
1: Punch, yeah. I thought beards yes. were that too for some reason. Interesting. Uh, he says, "quote That would
0: require humans to hit each other so often <laughs> <laughs> and to suffer such dire consequences from being hit without a chin. It's unrealistic." Then there's... There's not
1: something else with a chin. I mean, like, does a manatee (laughs) have a chin? There's got to
0: be something out there with a chin. (laughs) Pampush doubts the chins are adaptations at all. He thinks it's more likely that they are spandrels. Do you know what a spandrel is, Scotty?
1: I have no idea. This is... I've always wanted... This is fascinating. You've always wanted to know what a spandrel was.
0: Incidental features that have no benefits in themselves, but are byproducts of evolution acting upon something else. Okay. that's fascinating uh, I see for example during human evolution our faces shortened and our posture straightened these right. changes made our mouths more cramped to give our tongues and soft tissue more room to avoid <laughs> constructing our airway lower jaw developed a forward slope and the chin was the side effect but that doesn't explain why it's a thick knob of bone because yeah, that doesn't say space saving measure no nobody's talking about nobody's bringing that up I'm going to bring it up all the time now yeah <laughs> Uh, so another explanation is that when we started cooking food, we needed, uh, like our faces started shrinking. So our faces used to be bigger, but then when we started <laughs> cooking food, we didn't need all the muscle. So the muscle has shrank around and the chin is what's left over. Sure. And I can see that. The, the thing is about well, it, the, this episode, cause I mean, this article, because it's the Atlantic goes on and on and on, uh, spandrels. Are very difficult to prove because you're just kind of guessing.
1: It's essentially it just hap- a guess. happened is what they're saying. These things just happen without evolution right. needing to be a part of it. And Pampush asks, "Why did the lower border of the jaw also
0: not shrink? What happened? What happened that left that last little bit sticking out?" Basically, nobody knows. Hmm. Everyone has their own opinions. And quote from Pampush again. The chin is one of those rare phenomena in evolutionary biology that exposes the deep philosophical differences between researchers in the field. And indeed, people outside the field, quote, I always get entertaining emails from lay people trying to help me, so let me thank you in advance for oh, what I'm boy, about so to Oh, so do we. Yeah. So do we. <laughs> let me help you. And uh, that's it. That is, the, we do not know why we have chins. I love it.
1: I love it, too, and this is one of those ones that, you know, we have a lot of teachers uh, that listen to Bananas, and it's like, this is the kind of thing you bring up to your class. This is the kind of thing you bring up at Bar Trivia. This is a great, this is a true factoid. Yes, it really
0: is a true factoid. And the fact that nobody knows why makes it even deeper and more mysterious. Yes. Even with Google. No one can solve. I love that. I love that mysteries still exist. And I love the dumbest type of mysteries. Like, why do we have chins?
1: Yes. Isn't there one that, like, they still don't understand exactly what happens with a hangover? Like, they know... Yeah. Like, they don't know exactly why we get hungover. And so that's why they can't just cure it. Yeah. Because it's not just dehydration. And it's not, like, a buildup of lactic acid or something. It's, it's like, they... I think there are a few things like that where they're like, yeah, yeah. we're not quite sure why. What squirting is? No, they don't know what squirting is either. Oh, yeah. Chins,
0: hangovers, and squirting. That's a new book.
1: (laughs) It's called Things We Don't
0: Know About But We Should. That'd be a good oh, toilet book. Sleep is fascinating. I once did a podcast called Probably Science. It's a yeah. a very fun like sciencey I did it podcast. Once too. Yeah, with with uh, some great comedians: Andy Wood, Matt Kirshen, Jesse Case, all funny guys. And it was with a sleep scientist, and the stuff that he was saying, and also the fact that we don't actually know that yes. much about sleep is like
1: no. blows your mind. Yeah. And that you need it. You you need food. You need water. But if you don't sleep, you die, which is so insane. It's also fun. Just think of yourself like eight hours a day or six hours, whatever you have a 24-hour cycle, your body has to be like, I'm done for a little while. Good night. And then just you're worthless. You're worthless.
0: I used to – I always had had this joke that I tried for a long time. I could never figure out how to get everyone to laugh at it. But it was basically like the idea of going to sleep is like – This idea of like, okay, now I will not be the only thing I know to be. I will stop being conscious. Let me decide to no longer be the person who I am. I mean, it's like, it's such a crazy idea that we do it every day. So crazy.
1: So insane. I know. And like for mattress salesman, the first time I bought a mattress in Brooklyn, I was probably 21 or 22. had to get one for the apartment. And the guy's like... Hey, you spend a third of your life in bed. I was like, what a great <laughs> sales point. And then yes. I got kind of depressed too. You're like, you really do. If you live to be 90 years old, 30 years you were asleep. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It's, it's insane. A third it is of your insane. Life in <laughs>
0: <sleep>. <laughs> but also, the other option God, would, so be, would be unbearable to just constantly yeah. be awake. Yes, e- and even, right. I'm just talking about in a world where, if everybody just died, uh, like, like they all lived two thirds as long, but yep. everyone just lived straight through. Oh,
1: nightmare. 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 I love sleeping. I was always like a good sleeper too. When I was a kid, like my parents would have little dinner parties and drink parties. I might have said this on the pod before. And like they would look for me. They're like, where's Scotty? And I would just have gone to my bedroom and put myself to sleep. Yeah. Like I look forward. I'm looking forward to it right now. We're recording at 2 30 p.m. (laughs) I cannot wait to go to sleep tonight. I am (laughs) pumped for it. (laughs) I was one of those kids at the sleepover that was like, I think I was just liked enough or popular enough or whatever that I would never be the first kid to fall asleep. But Uh I also was definitely not that crew of like three kids that hated going to sleep. That would stay up all night and talk. That would watch another movie. I was definitely one of the ones that was like, don't touch me or I'll F you up. And then they'd be like, (laughs) okay. And I would just go find a place that was not primo real estate. That was the other thing too, which really set me up for being like a go hard later in life and i would like go find a, a laundry room or like a small thing at the end of the hall or at the end of the sofa where there's a gap between the wall and the sofa and that's where i'd set up shop i would be like i'm out of the way nobody's going to step over me nobody's going to touch me and i never got messed with at sleepovers <laughs> knock on wood
0: yeah i don't think i've ever got messed with at sleepovers either.
1: i mean i woke up with kids you know penises drawn on their face all the but like people oh, dumping whoa. buckets of water on people this one party woke up and they had somebody had just put like squeezed mustard uh, oh, like sunglasses no, over a kid's no. face and then filled them in like you know oh wow youthful pranks that are mean as hell and yeah you know bullying sucks some, anyways some yp's some you. youthful pranks give it to me here's a little different one i found this myself and i was laughing uh this was on reddit this mm-hmm. was under the uh subreddit adore or no relationship advice okay I think it was uploaded by adorable underscore physics 4431. I don't know if that's true. I screenshotted it. I hope it's true. It kind of went viral last week. So if you heard it, stick with me. My boyfriend won't stop calling me Tony pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I have have not heard this. I, female, twenty-one, and my boyfriend, male, twenty-one, currently live together and have been together for about four months. To explain why we are living together at the four-month mark, we started out as roommates, but then we started dating. Okay. I have to say that my boyfriend has never been good at pet names. <laughs> <laughs> Some early ones were Little Stubster <laughs> I was Drinking.
0: I almost I know my I'm water. sorry, Little drinking.
1: Stubster and Sour Meat. <laughs> Is is he? I think he might be really good. (laughs) That's what I was saying. I was like, I've never heard either one of those before. (laughs) One of my nicknames for him in comparison is Little Bird. Anyway, two weeks ago, (laughs) he starts calling me Tony Pizza. (laughs) This doesn't even make sense. And he he uses it more often than my actual name. Um. He's obsessed. It honestly bothers me that he can't even bother to find a somewhat nice nickname for me. I've had a couple of conversations with him about it, but he says he just can't think of anything better. What do I do? Is this going to become a bigger problem, or should I even address it again? I hate being Tony Pizza. <laughs> I,
0: you guys, I'm just. I mean, I'm sure billions of people have already given this advice, but break up. You yep. just, your brains are far too different to ever, ever have a successful relationship.
1: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> also Tony Pizza is a hilarious thing
0: to Tony call your Pizza partner. Tony Pizza is so funny. If I was if somebody Pizza. called me whatever Elizabeth Pizza, <laughs> I would just love I would eat it up. I would think it's the funniest thing ever.
1: I agree. I love nicknames that don't make sense. I love nicknames that expand as you know somebody longer. We had a writer's PA on Workaholics named Nate Crocker. He was a great, he was his job and now he's like a working writer. He's a great writer. And we st- oh, there was always a joke about Nate that he had been uh, uh, alive since the dawn of time, even though he was uh-huh. like twenty five. It was <laughs> that he was Omega Man and that he had always been alive and had witnessed everything in history. <laughs> because you would be like, "Hey, how's your weekend?" He'd be like, "Fine," and you'd be like, "Did you hear about the blah 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 historic event?" And he'd be like, "Uh, no," and we were like, "Yes, you did. You did hear about that." He always had this lie going where we're like, "He was ar- around for Kennedy assassination. He was there. The Fall Attila the Hun knew him personally. First, he was Nate." Then he was Nate Dog. Then he was Nate Dog, the dog. Then he was Nate Dog, my dog, the dog. Then <laughs> it was Nate Dog, my dog, the dog who is a dog, my dog. By the end, I was on it for four seasons. By the end, when he would come in to take coffee orders, he'd be like, What's up, Nate Dog, my dog, who is the dog that is my dog, my dog, who is also a dog, dog? And he would just be like, uh, What do you want from Starbucks? <laughs> And then you'd be like, "Where you? There? Do you know where they they buried Jimmy Hoffa?" Jimmy we we're Hoffa. like, "Where's Jimmy Hoffa?" I'd be like, uh, "I don't know. what You're talking about." We're like, "He does. He does." <laughs> and they dog, my dog, who is a dog. <laughs> I love nicknames. I dated a girl who I said something about bugs once, and she's like, "That's cute," and she wanted me to call her Bug, so I called her Bug. And then all her friends were like, "Why do you call her Bug? That's so mean." I'm like, "She requests it." <laughs> that was
0: so mean. Why? I'm like, nicknames are not. They're not, that's also, I think, a younger idea. Yeah. Nickname has like, uh, can have be nice or not. I I get it. I get it if you call someone like shit dick. Like, obviously, that's not
1: a no dick shit dick. Sure, all the normals. Bad face. (laughs) Nasty teeth. Brown tooth. You don't want to be called brown tooth. If you walk in, you're like, what's up, brown tooth? You're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here it is. What's up, no hair shit dick? Um... (laughs) Oh,
0: Honestly, I'll take that. All right, you want to want to tease? One yeah, into tease uh, break?
1: us into a beautiful commercial breakage. Here we go. The dog lawyer
0: doesn't care that you hate him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, does he have a chin? We'll find out. On more bananas. <laughs>
0: We're back with more bananas. Scotty, do you have a do you have a little message corner for us?
1: I do. I got some shout-outs. Here we go. Micah reached out. Micah on August 4th, it's Micah's five year T-versary, Curdy B. Mm-hmm. I saw this. I'm happy you're doing it. Micah started testosterone as part of their transition five years ago. And to quote Micah, I am able to live my true self. And as who I am, we support you, Micah. Do your thing. Live how you want to live. The Banana Boys love you. Congratulations. Congratulations. On finding happiness. Uh, Yasmin in New Zealand. We said no more birthday shout-outs. But I want to do Bananas live in New Zealand. I, I want it within the next year. So happy birthday, Ryan Gilles or Gels, but I think it's Gilles. Okay. Again, we're not doing birthday shout-outs anymore, but Curdie B and I need like 500 fans to go do a show <laughs> in on North or South New Zealand, either island. We're happy yeah. to do that. Are happy there people birthday. on South, I- South the South Island? I thought it was empty. I do I'll do a show wherever they'll as, have us. As
0: that's long as, as much fly information us. as I understand. I think there's a whole empty island. <laughs>
1: I, I bet there's people there <laughs> there's They probably be. don't want bananas to show up <laughs> uh, Congratulations to Christoph and Heidi On their engagement Christoph reached out like five times about this So Heidi, you must be a very, very special woman Congratulations, so glad it worked out Heidi Congrats. said yes Congrats. What else can you ask for? Jill Fay wants to shoot out Caleb, who is officially a San Marcos, Texas firefighter, and he aces test. Nice. Congratulations. We love a firefighter. When you live in California, mm-hmm. boy, do we love our firefighters. Mm-hmm. Thanks for putting your life on the line. Congratulations, Caleb. Get that whole San Marcos. I wonder if they have a pole or a slide. You know, oh, at come the on. fire station, now we have they so have slides? They have slides now?
0: I, I mean, I always thought it was classic pole. I, I lived, like, where, down the street in Baltimore, they had a fire slide in a apartment building that was mainly college students, and it Ugh. was so fun.
1: It was God, so fun. fun. It was was so fun. I love that. I love a slide. I was going down my slide the other night, and uh, I realized I have a new fear. You know, when you're an adult, and you don't know you have fears, and then all of a sudden you're like, that's new. What? Is I went down, and I heard something scamper away, and I'm like, now I get it. I'm gonna go down the slide. I'm going to scare a skunk instantly at the bottom. Yes. it's going to spray me in the crotch, and Ooh. then for the next three weeks, it's going to be like, here's old Scotty, rotten crotch, walking old, around. Here,
0: here comes Scotty, no hair, shit, dick.
1: There, yeah, <laughs> and, and now I stink, but I can swim and run. Uh, and last but not least, a very important one: Olivia Jensen has been six years clean and sober. Kurti B, congratulations. The pandemic, in her words, has been really hard, and especially on anybody who has any addiction issues. I'm sure that's true. It's a pressure cooker for everybody, let alone if you're battling something else. So we shout out all of our bananas and brone animals and bane animals. Any new listeners, if you're struggling with addiction and you've gotten sober, Curdy B and I love you, and we encourage you to stay clean and sober. Keep fighting. It's an hour-by-hour, day-by-day kind of battle, but it takes guts and courage to get there. So we're we, proud of you all. We got your back. We got your back. And that's all I got. Awesome. But also thanks to all the Bananimals who came out for Splitty in the City. Wild success.
0: Oh, my God. We haven't talked about Splitty in the City yet. That's crazy.
1: Fantastic. This is our first recording since then.
0: Oh, this is, yeah. So for those of you not familiar with what Splitty in the City is, we had about, I don't know, around 200 people dress up Mm -hmm. as bananas or banana-adjacent things Mm -hmm. uh, to do a downhill 1K race, non-race, really. Uh, a dream come true. Los Angeles, it was wonderful. My wife was holding a jam box playing uh Who Let the Dogs Out Who Let on the dogs out? by the you... Baja Men. <laughs> by the Baja Men. I realized how much I really liked that song.
1: It's catchy as hell. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. My... We had two we had two Bluetooth speakers blasting it. We had you know 175 bananas do this downhill run, walk, roll, whatever you did. Dogs were there. It was uh, my beautiful. kids were there. My my youngest did not like it. And
0: olive loved it couldn't she get enough of it. it
1: your mother-in-law was there yes. it was so fun the bananas are great fans they all met each other we had we had indoor kids doing outdoor things we had outdoor kids doing outdoor things it was beautiful and everybody became friends that brings us to our next event scotty that's correct doesn't it it does because we did this last year door to shore these things come to Curdy b and i in a flash we try to make them a reality to make the world a more fun, silly, absurd place to live in. Last year, door to shore, I walked out of my front door. I met Kurt in Silver Lake, and we walked to the Pacific Ocean. It ended up being 19 miles,
0: <laughs> <laughs> 16 miles raised- for me, 19 miles for Scotty. It was we like 90 a crazy degrees. Crazy amount of money, like eighteen
1: thousand like- or something for yes. Cast L A. Anyways, guys, this year. You're all included. Yes. We're going to do it again, and we want
0: everyone across the world to do it on your own. Participate, yeah. Walk out your front door into the nearest body of water. For some of you, that's going to be a very short walk. For others of you, that's going to be a very long walk. I don't know. Yes. We're 19 miles. Maybe you have a 22 mile. Maybe you're walking a marathon to get there. Yes. So we've set up a website. Yes. It is doortoshore.org. That is D-O-O-R-T-O-S-H-O-R-E.org. Go to doortoshore.org. You can sign up. And basically the way we're doing it is you get sponsors. You're responsible for it. We're not super organized and stuff like that. So you decide to get sponsors. You can use the website to show that this is a real thing. Uh, And then you donate the money to whatever... Uh, uh, charity. charity you want to donate yes. to. Scotty and I yep. will be
1: donating to Cast LA. That helps end human trafficking. Yep, and support those who've already been human trafficked. So, And if you do your Door to Shore and you want to contribute yours to ours, that's fine, too. If you don't want to go out and do the research and find out what charity, you can say, guys, I, I made $500, and I'm going to donate it to Door to Shore for Cast LA, and we will gladly, gladly accept it. But yeah. Door to shore. When's the date, Curtie B? It is
0: October eighth, Saturday, October eighth. It's gonna be go. Scotty and I. Are, well, you know, you just start in the morning. The thing is, is what's great about this is it's a great way to raise money, and it doesn't require a central. Thing to organize it. You organize it yourself,
1: folks. It's up to you. Wear what you want to wear. Walk directly into that body of water. And if you live somewhere cold, October, it's gonna be a little brisk. It'll be fun. It'll
0: be good though. Send us
1: pics. Send us little polar bear.
0: Yeah. And uh, if you guys are running, uh, we'll promote you. We'll put you up on our feed on Instagram. Just like tag us and put it in your stories, and we'll make sure you get some uh, donations for whatever charity you're donating to. Thanks, guys. Door to shore, folks. All right, let's get into this article. It is. The dog la- the dog lawyer doesn't care that you hate him. Okay. This uh, was sent in by Melanie Kugler. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. Uh, this was in the New York Times, so this is this is real. The old gray lady. This is by Hope Corrigan. Oh, she's good. You know what? I mm. hope. I don't, you know, with Hope Corrigan, you don't have to hope. You know, she's the best <laughs> in the biz. The case before the court involved a Rhode Island greyhound named Lexus, accused of killing a Pomeranian in a dog park. The prosecution Aww. was asking for the death penalty, and a lawyer for the defense, Richard Rosenthal, was there to stop it. It Aww. soon became clear that the defense was prepared to exhaust every possible legal means to free the greyhound to turn it, in Mr. Rosenthal's words, into quote, a federal case. So Lexus was granted a stay of execution, but on the condition that Mr. Rosenthal removed the Greyhound from the state, quote, by the most direct route without stopping, never to return. Greyhound this bus. Was his first <laughs> <not a> Greyhound. <laughs> this was his first case as a dog lawyer and what he calls his first, quote, get out of town by sundown order. It would be the first of many. yes. As an animal attorney for more than a decade, Mr. Rosenthal takes on custody cases, sues veterinarian clinics for malpractice, and has made a specialty of defending dangerous dogs. In doing so, he often enrages local officials, animal control officers, and district attorneys. But even animal rights groups have expressed their frustration with him. Quote, I'm a hired gun," Mister Rosenthal <laughs> said, right.
1: acknowledging okay. his
0: reputation as the go-to lawyer to get dogs off death row. "Quote: If I take a case, it's about winning. I take it because I believe in it. And this—it right. sounds is, a little extreme, you know. <laughs> it is fascinating. It is bit, essentially it goes on and it tells you like how he like got kind of got started, and that he he was doing this before dog, like animal." Uh, Law classes were even being taught. I see. Um, It's pretty crazy.
1: I mean, good for him if he's helping dogs out. that, That you know, there are a lot of people that who doesn't love a dog. They're the most lovable things in the world. And if one of them has been illegally framed or pointed at incorrectly good for this guy basically what Rosenthal. happens
0: basically what happens with a lot of these dog cases after reading the entire article and not getting into certain stories that are seemingly upsetting and I don't want <laughs> yes, no to trigger anyone do that, no uh, what what often happens is when with these execution orders for dogs it's because the dogs are said to be vicious in some way that there's right. like an innate Viciousness to this specific animal, and then right. therefore it has to be like put down. I see. And the majority of his arguments against this is that uh, this was a an animal that was reacting to a circumstance uh, that is understandable from the point of view of a of dog. Of course. And it's not that this dog is somehow an evil Adolf Hitler-style dog, but rather a dog that was spooked in a way, uh, or you know, scared or something like that.
1: That's uh, right. If I had gotten chased by those those drunk teens, I would have run away, and if one of them was as fast as me, I would have pushed a teenager to the ground. <laughs> that is the circumstance. <laughs> yes. I don't, I'm a pacifist, but that kid's getting pushed. You chase me, I'm pushing you.
0: So it is fascinating, but he is kind of like a... Uh... You know uh, his his reputation and the way he is interviewed in this story, he kind of comes off as like, yeah, he sh- says shit like, "I'm a hired gun," like yeah. he is the Saul Goodman of dog cases. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yes, yes, that's uh, cool. Have you been watching? Have you been watching uh Better Call Saul? The final season? No, I haven't seen yet?
1: anything this season at all. i t- There's so much TV and stuff I on know. now, and. And the streamers are still in that race where every time you turn it on, it's like, check this out. And then I do. I watch everything. I w- And because of like true crime being still so hot, it's like, here's a documentary about this family. And I'm like, I'm watching that. It's like, here's how the internet <laughs> will ruin this person's life. I'm like, gotta know.
0: It's my, that's what my wife does. My wife gets up like oh, I can't sleep at two in the morning, and then like gets up and watches like an insanely disturbing murder documentary. That's what they do. And did, it's like, man. ah, God, time to go back to
1: bed now. I yeah, it is very not common. I think tea. very common. Well, good for that guy. I mean, you got to represent animals. We believe in animal rights, so hey. I mean, if he's probably doing the right thing. Oh hell yeah! I mean, that's I who cool. knows? He is.
0: It's it is. Let's see if there. If I can sum it up here, um, this is what an interesting part of the article: the history of animal law in the United States can be reasonably traced to a landmark 1972 case brought by a constitutional lawyer named Henry Holzer who sought to end kosher slaughter, a practice that he argued did not render livestock unconscious before killing them. Mr. Holzer lost the case, but it was the beginning of a new wave of lawsuits that protected the interests of animals rather than simply a person's interest in relation to an animal.
1: Fascinating.
0: Um, So, just like bird law... If, if there's any uh, <laughs> Sunny in Philadelphia fans, uh, that's right. That bird law bit is so funny. Today, animal law is expanding rapidly. More than 160 law schools in the United States offer at least one animal law class. If there are any, any animal lawyers out there, uh, please hit us up. Let us know that you're an animal lawyer. Uh, again, combines all of my love, Scotty. Animals? yeah that was good
1: <laughs> when you first said it i thought it was something i pictured a dog with like a british uh, ah. barrister's wig on and just you know oh well you can't win them all in this world here i'll cheer us back up you want all a right. happy one yeah give me a happy one this one's fun and actually this one's got a ticking clock on it because oh, I, like I think it. the bananas want to enter this was sent in i'm gonna It. i think it's slimming it's s-l-m-i-n-s-h-u-l-l Slim and Shul. we're yep. gonna go with you got it close enough for this old dog uh candy company wants to pay you a hundred thousand dollars to be its official taste tester Ooh, all right that's fun huh this was written by izzy karpinski great name Izzy Karpinski is a great name, great character name for all the aspiring writers out there. You can mm-hmm. have it. Izzy mm-hmm. Karpinski for cron4.com. 4com W-X-I-N. cron with an N. alright Cron right. Kron4, they're good. Izzy's absolutely the best I've ever read. If there's a business of reading, she's the best. She's good at typing. You may find yourself in competition with kidner- kindergarteners. For a six-figure salary that comes with a job seemingly straight out of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Candy Funhouse is looking to hire what calls its chief candy officer. Candy Funhouse. Candy Funhouse, chief candy officer. I mean, for all our 420-friendly listeners out there, guys, they all just sat up in their Volkswagens and are like, say what? (laughs) The company... Which claims to be North America's largest online candy retailer, will pay someone $100,000 a year to approve all candy in their inventory and give it the official, quote, chief candy officer stamp of approval. Are quote. you joking me? Dream job. Are you? bananas? apply for this job. $100,000 to test candy. To test candy? Here's the even sweeter spot for our baby bananas. This is crazy. Also, is it like, do you have to just choke on candy over and over again to see if you it has you just got to have dental hazard? insurance, I think, is the main <laughs> thing. Your dentist will hate your guts out. Uh, you do not have to be legal driving age to apply. You don't what? even know how to have your multiplication tables. That's because the job is open to anyone who's at least five years old. Oh, my God. Oh, my According to Candy Funhouse, the only thing they are looking for in a candidate is a love of candy and a sweet tooth. Besides being the lead, or excuse me, the head candy taster, the chief candy officer, the CCO, will decide new products for the company. The person who gets the sweet gig will be put through uh, extensive palate training. Again, good luck with a five or six year old with that.
0: I was gonna say I was gonna like sign Olive up for this, but I don't think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Just, you could part. just give
1: her a spoonful of sugar, and she'd be like, "I think it's a great. That's a great candy. <laughs> Seal of approval." <laughs> uh, they will get an extensive palate training, and will be able to get an extensive dental plan. There you go. You do have the option of working from home. Bananimals. One of you has. Has to get this job. I need proof that this is real.
0: I need someone to get this job. I need to see their check. I need to know what they do every day.
1: This seems crazy. All interested candidates can apply at Candy Funhouse website. I looked it up. Uh, Applications will be accepted until August 31st. Bananas. August 31st. The website is H-T-T-P-S. Colon backslash backslash. You could skip all that. You can just put <laughs> candyfunhouse.ca. It. Candyfunhouse.ca. It's oh, a Canadian do you have to company. be a Canadian? You have to be a Canadian. You do not. Right. North American. So if you get this job, we will have you on the podcast as a guest. It does it. We don't, you know, it's usually women, non-binary, and trans guests. We will have you on if you become the chief candy officer. We need to know. We need to know. This is Also, $100,000.
0: That is amazing. I wonder at what point, I wonder on what day, here's the question, on Mm -hmm. what day of this job does it start to be like a job? Like every other job that it sucks, it's repetitive, it's annoying. Is it day 88? Is it?
1: The 700th day? Or is yeah. it
0: like the 14th day of eating nothing but candy for eight hours? Yeah,
1: it, like Taffy Week might ruin a person that's not yeah. strong enough. You have to have a <laughs> lot of backbone to get through Taffy Week. Yeah, Caramel Weekend is tough. Oh, God. Yeah, but go get it, guys. Candy Funhouse. I think somebody can do it. Chief Candy Officer is a cool thing. You can talk about that forever. We'll, I'll, we'll make you a funny hat if you get it. I love it. Um. um isn't that G, great? I love that. I love Absolutely. that. I hope I it. people apply. Let me when know. When I was a boy, there was a phase. I, I don't think I mentioned this on the button. Please step me if I did. But there was a time, I think it was in fifth or sixth grade, where sour candy got really popular. Yes, I remember Abnormally that. popular. Yes. And the, the more sour, the better. That's right. Warheads. Lemonheads were the wimpy ones. Sour Punch was really popular. Uh, but it just went crazy. Like, people went for every... Tear jerkers, crybabies, mm. all yeah. this So, people started selling them. And so, in my school, I went to a little Catholic school. You know, they were selling them for like a quarter or like five for a dollar. And it became sort of an enterprise. And it went on for like two glorious weeks. Like... It went ballistic, and then they had to shut it down because kids were like buying and selling candy like dealing drugs. It was incredible, and with like a they, trench coat open and everything pinned to the inside of the coat. And yeah, and there's this one kid named Zach Myers, and he was like industrious. He was a capitalist before any of the other eleven year olds even knew what that was. I mean, I mean, he probably made a hundred dollars selling candy. Uh, He would bring in the full tubs like you used to see at, like, uh, candy stores or whatever. He would just bring those in and just sell them till they were out. And they made an announcement on, like, a Friday afternoon. It was the principal got on and was like, we're sending a letter home to all the parents. We are no longer allowing any sour candies in school. You're no longer allowed to sell sour candies in school. And everybody was like, oh, all right. You know, kids love candy. And we go to the coat room at the end of the day, and Zach is sitting on the ground with his face in his hands. And you know when you're a kid and like somebody's experiencing an emotion and you just stand there, like you yeah. don't know what to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's there's no there's no ingrained like, Hey, are you okay? or
1: whatever. It's just like, look at
0: this. This is yeah. interesting.
1: And I had a hunch. Um, and so I, I just stood there and I was like, Are you okay? And he looks up at me and he goes, I'm ruined. <laughs> <laughs> This guy was a little Citizen Kane. I'm ruined! I think he saw himself driving a Power Wheels around. I think he was going to have the coolest tree fort in town. It was so real. Like, he really could see his way to the... He's probably worth a billion dollars now. Oh, man. There is... I have... uh, It
0: is so fascinating. I'm seeing it happen with Olive already. Is that because they watch cartoons... And because the cartoons have, like, there's always, like, an affect to the way the, like, characters speak in cartoons. of course. You start seeing these, like, weird sentence structures come out that are very, like, you know, no one says this in their life. This is from a cartoon. Yeah. Um, And recently, I have a joke about it now, but recently I, like, was, you know, I was, like, disciplining her. You know, I was, like, please stop and uh and she said uh are you sure you want to go down this road
1: (laughs) (laughs) she is oddly oddly uh She's just like clever and smart, and she's so verbose. That's what I was going. She really, for. is she's verbose. so verbose. She stop talking. That is so. <laughs> and I was funny. like, no, this is terrifying." Well, Who's now I don't want to go down that. No, road? I know. I'm a little terrified. I will stop right here, right now. <laughs> but it is funny, like kids and candy. It's like once they get my yeah, it's it's just wild. This, but that by idea, the handful,
0: right? But that idea of him saying like, "I am ruined," I'm like ruined. That is that is definitively coming from a, uh, a, a, a cartoon children's programming dramatic place, you know? It's like, no child ever says I
1: am ruined. That is, like, from media, like,
0: directly.
1: What, you just reminded me of I was waiting in line for a movie, year, God, 20 years ago, and I was behind an older guy and then, like, a 10-year-old kid. And when we were getting up to the box office To buy tickets for whatever the movie was They said sold out They put the sold out mm-hmm. thing And the adult was like Oh come on And then he was like Didn't want to see anything else And the little kid looked up at him He goes In life there are bridges And it's time that we cross this one together <laughs> <laughs> I was like Look at this little philosopher <laughs> I I'd completely forgotten about that In life there are bridges And it's time we cross this one together I love that <laughs>
0: I I told Olive something I was like don't like I was like no we're not gonna go there and she just went oh peanuts <laughs> that's great <laughs> and that, that's great that's directly from Bluey I can no. like I like it when I can trace it because otherwise it like soon it's gonna be I won't be able to trace it you know soon she'll start saying stuff and I'm like I, have I like oh no peanuts you. I might oh, start saying peanuts. that too oh yeah. peanuts oh biscuits she says that too
1: oh do we have a little one to get us on out of here I mean they have a little one yeah Do you have yeah. a little one. I have one that's.
0: <laughs> that might just caused nightmares. I- <laughs> uh,
1: you give us a little a, funny one. I have one. a silly one. Okay, great. Mission Impossible to rescue Tom Cruise's stolen luggage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where'd he lose his luggage? When
0: is he flying commercial?
1: Yahoo News, Yahoo News staff, the best in the biz. Mm-hmm. The mission. For British police on Friday, should they choose to accept it, was to recover the luggage of Hollywood superstar Tom Cruise after it was stolen from a bodyguard's car. Oh, whoa. Tom Cruise's bags. You know, you don't think they're just like us, aren't they? These celebs, (laughs) Maverick, he's just like us. Tom Cruise's bags were in the BMW X7 that was taken on Monday from outside a hotel in Birmingham, so they stole the whole car, Curly Oh, wow, okay. In central England where he is currently staying. The car was recovered a short time later but all the contents were reportedly missing, quote, everything inside. Everything inside it had gone, a source close to the paper says, the 59-year-old U.S. actor. I mean, that dude looks good for fifty nine. I mean, that is, is weird. That's called being a
0: billionaire. That's
1: true. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, the fifty nine year old U.S. actor is in uh, Britain filming the seventh installment of the Mission Impossible series. We received a report that the BMW X seven stolen from Church Street, Birmingham, to so the Mid uh, West Midlands Police Police Department, but they have not revealed the identity of the owner. The car are recovered. Inquiries are on going the thieves intercepted the single a uh, signal using the luxury car's ignition key so they basically did it at mission impossible entry, oh, that's which awesome. is why i love it oh it I, makes I love me, that uh so yeah i don't think as of today they got it back um but now they know it's tom cruises they're never gonna get it back
0: like the yeah. more thing should have been like just like well we're looking for some luggage you know now that yes. they
1: know it's Tom Cruise's luggage, that is going on eBay, baby. So there's this, uh, there's this producer who used to be an actor. He's in his late 50s, and he was in that movie Taps with Tom Cruise. Yeah. So he ended up working on another Tom Cruise movie about 10 years ago, and he, you know, he, he didn't age like Tom Cruise aged. So he goes up to him and he goes, Hey, Tom, I, uh, I was, I'm so-and-so, and I was in Taps with you. And he said Tom Cruise turned fully to him, put both hands on his shoulders, and he goes, we were there, and now we're here. (laughs) And then he said it three times. We were there. And now we're here. And they started smiling and laughing because we were there and now we're here. Wow. And they walked away and the producer said he felt so seen and so happy and the interaction went way better. They didn't have any other conversation. <laughs> just zeroed in, looked him dead in the eyes and repeated, we were there and we're right here. And just got him like, Bombs. That is so crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> but also, how many times has that happened to Tom Cruise in his life? He's been on like 50 movies, right. and every movie has a thousand like every- like employees. So. Yeah, but also he's like
0: notorious for like walking on set and being like, Jim, how you doing? How's the kids? Lauren, yes. good to see you again. You like knowing everyone's name and all that. Yes, just shutting down small talk in the most Tom Cruise way. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that made me oh. so
1: happy when I heard that.
0: Well, folks, that's another bananas. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our uh, producer, Katie Levine, our our intern, Lisa, a full human maggot. Uh, thank you to everyone at Exactly Right, including. Love that
1: Exactly Right, our benevolent overlords, Karen Georgia. Keep those beautiful banana stories coming. The Bananas Podcast on Instagram or Gmail dot com. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for participating. Thanks for getting silly with us every Tuesday. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen
0: Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern.
1: Bananas. bananas.
0: Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please
0: visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.